Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First Sports Network listeners, welcome to another episode of The Call Sheet. Kevin Smith with you on a frigid day here in my neck of the woods here in southern New Jersey, about 22 degrees outside. I mean, that's that's downright balmy compared to the weather we saw in Kansas City and Buffalo last weekend on Wild Card Weekend. But still, I've got dreams of, I don't know, maybe being someplace warm this time of year, heading out to where my sister lives in Arizona. You get you get a little you get a little nervous in the when when you start to bunker in for the winter. I watched uh, the first episode of True Detective Night Country on Sunday night. Uh, I love I'm a huge True Detective fan, especially season one and the new season's out and it's set up in northern Alaska above the Arctic Circle. And I, I don't know, as I watch, I just think to myself, why why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we live in these cold climates? Mankind was not meant to be this cold. But that's all right, man. We've got football to keep us warm. And 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 that's uh, so exciting. We're at the most exciting time of the football year. It was not a great wild card round in terms of the competitiveness on the field. But anytime you get an opportunity to see players playing for the, the ultimate prize in their sport, players competing at the highest possible level, that's a special occasion. So I love watching the wild card round, the division round, all of it. I love the postseason. We're going to get to all that in today's show. I'm going to do a, a one thought segment on each one of the wild card games from last weekend. Then we will look in the second part of the show at the divisional round. We'll look at the coaching carousel. There's a lot to get to, but like we, like we always do, let's start with honoring a player who wore the number of the current episode of the call sheet. And we are on episode number 40 and that takes us to the great Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers, a player I was not old enough to see play, but I was old enough to see Barry Sanders. And I heard many times from the, from the old timers, the, the generation above me, when, when talking about Barry Sanders, they would often say he's like a, a, a stockier version of Gail Sayers. So for those who don't remember Gail Sayers, he was uh, the number one pick by the Chicago Bears out of the University of Kansas back in 1965. He had a very short NFL career. He was out of the league by 1971, and his last two years were really marred by injury. So really, Gale Sayers probably only had 
five marquee seasons, 1965 to 1969. But in those five seasons, he was the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. He was a five-time first-team All-Pro, a four-time Pro Bowler. He led the league in rushing yards twice. He was the scoring leader. He made it onto the 1960s All-Decade team. He was named to the NFL's 100th uh, anniversary all-time team. And at the time, at thir- just 34 years of age, he was the youngest player ever <clears throat> inducted into the Hall of Fame. He had a great record that stood for a long, long time. Gail Sayers, from the time he did it in 1965 until 2016, when Tyreek Hill matched the feat, Gail Sayers had been the only player to score on a rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown, and special teams touchdown in the same game. He nicknamed the Kansas Comet. He had this incredible running style where uh, he could pretty much change direction at full speed. When you listen to some of the accolades that he received from, from his teammates, Mike Ditka said he's the best player that he ever saw, hands down. Uh, you know, then that includes some of the greats, obviously, of that era. Dick Butkus said he was the hardest player he ever had to tackle. But unfortunately, injuries derailed Gale Sayers' career after just five seasons. He, he tore up both of his knees, spent his last two seasons, you know, really as a shell of himself, and then obviously retired at a young age. He wasn't yet 30. When he retired, that's another interesting parallel between Gail Sayers and Barry Sanders. Both of those guys retired young from the game. Uh, one of the most interesting aspects of, of Gail Sayers' playing career and his life was the friendship he had with teammate Brian Piccolo, fellow Bears running back who was his roommate when they were rookies in Chicago. Piccolo's struggle with cancer was immortalized in the made-for-TV movie Brian's Song. I can I remember seeing that man as a young kid. I think it's the first movie I ever cried while watching. Uh, and of course, Piccolo would die from cancer. That was a a, a great movie. Uh, later on in his life, Gal Sayers went on to become a successful business person. Uh, he sued the NFL in 2013 because of his deteriorating health related to uh, trauma, obviously from his playing career. And eventually, in 2020, died of dementia, most likely linked to CTE, another one of those individuals whose story is marred by concussions from playing football at that time period in the, in the late 20th century where there wasn't a whole lot of safety and there wasn't a whole lot of uh, understanding of what playing professional football was doing to people. Thank God we've taken major steps to remediate some of those issues in the game today. Anyway, number 40, Gale Sayers, one of the all-time greats in the NFL and a, a guy whose who's, uh, career is probably largely forgotten by the younger generation, but certainly should not be. All right, let's move on to the wildcard playoffs. And so in, in this segment, I'm going to give you one thought on each wildcard playoff game. Let, let's share one thought that, that jumped out for whatever reason about each game. And we'll go in chronological order, starting with the Houston-Cleveland game, won by the Texans in impressive fashion. Had to be very disappointing for Browns fans because Cleveland had had a remarkable season. Kevin Stefanski, great coaching job there to win games with four different starting quarterbacks. 
the the guy who obviously really caught people's eye was was Joe Flacco, who resurrected his career at age 38, came off the couch to win a bunch of games down the stretch for the Browns, but certainly uh, disappointed in that playoff game. Couple of costly pick sixes uh, as the the Texans won in a 45-14 route. My one thought on that game is the following: Houston offense coordinator Bobby Slowick, if he is not on the short list for a head coaching job, uh, then I don't know what, what else he can do because he's been about as impressive as any coordinator on either side of the ball in the NFL this year. There's a coordinator of the year award and my vote would go to Bobby Slowick who a has done a remarkable job bringing CJ Stroud along CJ Stroud's a talented quarterback who has a knack for playing big and big games. But what Bobby Stroud or Bobby Slowick has done with C.J. Stroud has been remarkable in terms of his ability to, A, protect him so he can feel comfortable in the pocket, B, move him around, change his launch points. Uh, but C, Bobby Stowick's knack for play calling has been phenomenal. He, he's, got that, he's got that great combination of meshing the art and the science of play calling. Play calling is a science in the, in the sense that there's analytics involved, there's film study, there's tendencies. You chart everything. You get a pretty good feel by uh, by simply using the data to tell you what your opponent's going to do and then what you can do in response. But there's also this artistic feel that comes with play calling where you just really have to have an, a, a know or a sense of when to dial up certain plays. And we saw that in the Houston-Cleveland game in the second quarter. I, I did a, a one-play breakdown on this particular play for our FFSN YouTube channel. If you haven't gotten a chance, by the way, check those out. I, I did a one-play breakdown for every playoff game from uh, the wild card round. They're about seven, eight minutes long, just focusing on one play from each game and how that sort of defined the game. And the play I chose for the Houston-Cleveland game was a, a boot cop concept that Bobby Slowick dialed up for Houston where uh, they took advantage of the fast flow of Cleveland's defense, the fact that, that Cleveland's safeties were really being aggressive, and, and they called a, a, a typical boot concept where, where Stroud right, rolls one way, uh, but then rather than throw the traditional boot flood, which is a three-level route where you have a, a, a shallow and intermediate and a deep route attacking the same side of the field, he had tight end Dalton Schultz put his foot in the ground rather than run that that deep route to the play side and instead run a post back across the field. Stroud rolled to his right, planted, and then threw all the way back to the deep left hash, touchdown Houston. It was a beautiful play call. But really, it was an artistic play call where Slawick understood the reaction he was going to get from Cleveland's backside safety. Sure enough, the backside safety chased the intermediate crosser across the field, which opened up the, the post to the backside, and they hit it perfectly. Beautiful job of play calling there by the uh, Houston Texans offense coordinator, Bobby Slowick. Okay, so moving on to the Dolphins-Chiefs game. That game was played in miserably cold weather it, in Arrowhead Stadium. Wind chills uh, around 30 degrees below zero. It just looked physically uncomfortable. And that was a game Miami just wasn't built for. When you saw the weather forecast for that game, it was it, that the result was a lock. That I, I'm not a better, I'm a terrible 
you know, prognosticator. I, I do terribly picking games, but if, if, if I had the guts, I would have laid a lot of money on Kansas city to cover because there's no way warm weather. Miami was going into that environment with, with the way that Mike McDaniels built that team and playing uh, the chiefs tough. And, and you could see it right out of the gate, Kansas city running back, Isaiah Pacheco, who is one of the most hard charging running backs in the NFL gashed, Miami on Kansas City's opening drive with some big runs. I mean, the Dolphins just weren't that excited about tackling Pacheco. He's a tough running back, and he's a guy who's made his reputation as being one cut and go and looking for contact at the end of the run and trying to finish runs. And it just, you know, Miami just wasn't about it, man. And obviously the Dolphins were banged up. But I, my, big, my big takeaway from that game is this. Mike McDaniel's offense, with all of its pre-snap motion and all of its horizontal passing game, horizontal stretches, that's all well and good when the conditions are great. And it's a very entertaining offense. I love watching it. I learn a lot every time I watch them. But you have to ask yourself if, at the end of the day, Miami will be built for January football. Unless they get home field advantage and unless they're able to sort of stay within comfortable confines, the environment that they're comfortable playing in, it's going to be hard for them to win late in the season. When you look at the at the best teams in the AFC right now, Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, if you got to go on the road and play any of those teams in January, you're going to encounter weather. And, and it's fair to ask the question whether or not the Dolphins are constructed for that. Will Miami need to build an element into their offense and really into their culture that just emphasizes a little bit more toughness. That'll be something that Mike McDaniel and his staff, who did a great job this year, uh, but we'll have some some soul searching to do as far as that goes. Can they play January football on the road if they need to? To the Green Bay-Dallas game, where there's a lot of questions right now about the Cowboys, obviously, whether or not Mike McCarthy will survive uh, that playoff disaster, 48-32 final in a game that wasn't nearly that close. It was really stunning to watch how uh, out of sync and really co- confused, perhaps even unprepared, the Cowboys were in that game. Dak Prescott got fooled uh, on maybe the most pivotal play of the game where trailing 20 nothing late in the second quarter, but driving maybe with a chance to score a touchdown and get back into the game before halftime. He got, he thought he was going, was getting man coverage from green Bay. He got zone instead and threw a slant to CD lamb that got picked off by safety, Darnell Savage and taken 60 yards, 60 some yards to the house for really a backbreaking score that made it 27, nothing green Bay and pretty much put that game out of reach. But that was emblematic of the way the entire game unfolded. There were a lot of, sort of sideline one-on-ones between Prescott and and Lamb, C.D. Lamb, as those guys tried to get on the same page. It just didn't seem as though the Cowboys had a good bead on what Green Bay was doing. Great job by the Green Bay coaching staff there, Matt LaFleur and company. But it really sort of uh, underscores the questions about Mike McCarthy. Is Mike McCarthy the guy to get Dallas over the hump? Three straight 12-win seasons for the Cowboys – and not much at all to show for it. They haven't gotten to a championship game. They haven't been to a championship game since they last won the Super Bowl way back in 1995. They've got just four playoff victories since then. There's an awful lot of hype around the Cowboys every year, but they seem to be overhyped and to underdeliver. 
And so if you're Jerry Jones and who's getting up there, man, in his 80s now, and you want one more stab at a Super Bowl title, do you cut ties with Mike McCarthy and pursue a, a name, a, a Bill Belichick guy, uh, an up-and-comer like Bobby Slawick, right? Uh, or do you, do you ride it out, man? Do you say, hey, I, I, I still believe in McCarthy. I still believe in Dak Prescott. We've been great in the regular season. We just got to get these postseason woes. Uh, we got to get that figured out. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. Jerry Jones is unpredictable, but it's definitely fair to wonder if Mike McCarthy survives this. All right, on to the best playoff game of the wild card weekend, the Rams at Detroit. I said I'm doing one thought about each about each one. I'm going to give you two thoughts on this one just because there's so much going on there. One, what a what a great storyline uh, with the quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit, getting booed by the home crowd and then throwing shade at that crowd in his postgame remarks when asked if he was happy for Detroit. He said, I'm happy for the players, which seemed to be a backhanded slap at the at the fan base that booed him. Some people are saying it's unfair that he was booed. Some of the Detroit writers seem to to put a little bit more of that on Stafford. But I was really happy for Jared Goff because of the way uh, that he just sort of was the forgotten guy in all this. So much was made of Stafford coming back to Detroit. It was easy to forget that the Rams basically gave up on Goff. That after Goff took them to a Super Bowl, but maybe didn't seem to be a great fit for Sean McVay's offense, and they, and they went out and they got a shinier, you know, model in Stafford and they just sort of jettisoned him to, to Detroit. The Detroit fans really have embraced Jared Goff. 70,000 fans chanting his name early uh, before that game kicked off was pretty exciting. And then to see him deliver, uh, to make the play of the game, really, when Detroit needed to, to ice that game, they needed a first down with under, under two minutes to go, leading by a point facing a third and nine, not wanting to have to punt the ball back to uh, the Rams and Goff threw a laser to Amon Ross St. Brown to get the first down that allowed them to kneel the clock out. Really felt felt great for Jared Goff. But honestly, man, the, the, the thing that was so special about that game for me was being able to watch it with my son, who's 11 years old and is a Lions fan, a genuine Lions fan. He picked the Lions when he was six years old uh, to be his team. Because, A, I let him. I didn't force the Steelers on him, which maybe I should have done. I don't know. That might have been the – I don't know what the rule is there on, on parenting, right? Do you, do you force your kid to, to adopt the team that, that you love or do you let him pick their own? Well, I let him pick his own. And he liked the lion on their helmet. He was six years old, right? What did he know? He liked the lion. And that's what he picked. He picked the lions. And at the time, I was like, son, you were making a terrible mistake. But honestly, now it looks pretty darn good. Detroit's got a huge bright future and an upside there. And to watch with him, he's become a real football fan. He plays football. I coach him in football. Uh, we, we share the, our love of the game. And, and to, to be able to watch that, to watch the Lions get their first playoff win in over 30 years was pretty cool. So uh, I really enjoyed that game. All right, to the, to the two Monday games, Pittsburgh-Buffalo. Well, Steelers fans, probably a lot of Steelers fans listening to this. What, what can we say about that? I'm going to do a big broad wrap up of this game over on our YouTube channel uh, with a breakdown of it in the next couple of days. So look for that, but real quick, the, the one, the one takeaway from that game is this Pittsburgh needs to ace their hiring of an offensive coordinator this off season, because on the most crucial play of that game with the Steelers trailing 14, nothing facing second and goal from the Buffalo four yard line in the second quarter with an opportunity to get back in the game, 
the Steelers dialed up one of the most unimaginative play calls I've seen in a long time, a, a five-wide concept where they basically had all five receivers run out across the goal line, stop and turn around and look for the football. And Mason Rudolph tried to target Deontay Johnson on an outbreaking route on the very outside of the formation. And he missed inside and the pass got picked. But even if he didn't miss, it was such an unimaginative play design uh, that it, was, it wasn't going to succeed to begin with. Obviously, we would like to have seen him throw incomplete there and give the Steelers a chance on third and goal. But but what that really just sort of emphasized was how bad the design of the Pittsburgh offense as a whole was this past season. Pittsburgh needs a Bobby Slowick. Pittsburgh needs a, a guy who can come in and update their offense, their passing game in particular, and help Kenny Pickett if that's who they're going to go with next year, I think they are, get to the next level. They need somebody to do for Kenny Pickett what Slowick did for C.J. Stroud. It is a crucial offseason for the Steelers because they can't continue to waste seasons with JV-level offensive coordinators. They need a varsity guy in place. Huge offseason decision for the Steelers. Speaking of huge offseason decisions, final game of the weekend, Philadelphia-Tampa Bay. A disastrous end to the year for the Eagles, who were 10-1 and at one point and then lost six out of their last seven games. And so my one thought on this game is similar to my thought about the Dallas game, and that's about the head coach. Will Nick Sirianni survive in Philadelphia? I don't know the answer to that. I think Jeffrey Lurie is a guy who doesn't mess around, and if he thinks that Sirianni lost the team, because it sure looked like the Eagles quit. It's one thing to, to, to have a bunch of injuries or to just play poorly. It's another for the team to quit. And Philadelphia looked like a team that wanted to be anywhere but on a football field over the last couple of weeks of the season. They no-showed in games against Arizona, the New York Giants, and they no-showed in that playoff game down in Tampa Bay. And so it's fair to wonder, with some really good coaching candidates available, will Jeffrey Lurie target one of them? Personally, I think the guy who fits what Philly wants to do and who they want to be is Mike Vrabel. Philly wants to be a tough football team. They want to be a smash mouth team that uses their tough run game to set up their creative passing game, the RPOs and the read options and all those types of things. But, but I don't think Sirianni's that guy. I think Sirianni wants to be that guy, but I just don't think at heart he's that guy. Mike Vrabel's that guy. If Philly wants to rebuild their identity around a tough football coach, they might think about going after Mike Frable. All right, so that's one thought from all the wild card games. On the flip side, right, we will get into some of the coaching hires, do a quick preview of the divisional round. So come on back after the break. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, welcome back to the call sheet. Kevin Smith with you. And in the second part, before we get to some thoughts on the divisional round, let's talk about the coaching carousel. It's been a fascinating offseason so far. As far as that goes, there are currently seven openings for jobs in the NFL with a couple wild card jobs on the horizon, potentially Philadelphia and Dallas. Everything I'm about to say probably goes out the window if the Philadelphia or Dallas job opens up, because those will be prime jobs that will certainly attract some of the, the top candidates. But in the, in the meantime, until those jobs do open up, let's make some projections. Let's, let's take a guess as to who might, might fill each job opening in the NFL at present. So we'll start with the Atlanta Falcons. They've already interviewed both Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick. I think that's Belichick's destination. I, I think that, Bill Belichick said the other day that he wants to coach a young and upcoming team that may have underachieved a bit, a team that could be hungry as a result. To me, that fits the Falcons to a T. He'll probably get an interview in Washington with the commanders, but the, the run game that they've got there, the, the young offensive weapons and guys like Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts, I think he, he'll see that he's got an opportunity to do some some Bill Belichick type things there, maybe give him some weapons that like he didn't have his last few years in New England. The quarterback situation is unsettled, but I think Belichick is probably feels as though he can get a lot out of a little at the quarterback position, even if maybe history doesn't doesn't say tell that tell us that's true with what went down in New England. 
Uh, they've got a pretty good defense, but most importantly, I think there's a winnable, it's a winnable division in the, in the uh, NFC South makes sense for me that Belichick would go to play for an owner as well. in Arthur blank, who is in his eighties is desperate to win and will probably give Belichick what he wants. Think about this. If Dallas comes open, obviously that'd be very tempting because of the talent on that roster and, and Dallas being in win now mode. But would Bill Belichick want his last coaching job in the NFL to potentially be uh, as an employee of Jerry Jones? I don't I don't see that. I see him much more willing to go to an owner like Arthur Blank, who, again, will give him what he wants. All right, to Las Vegas. I think this is a slam dunk. Antonio Pierce is going to get that job. I think he should get that job. He did an excellent job sort of rebuilding the culture there in Vegas uh, in his audition as the interim after they dismissed Josh McDaniels. I think the players want Pierce. Max Crosby has said uh, that he, he doesn't want to play for anybody other than Antonio Pierce and that he would try to force a trade if Pierce didn't get the job. I think that that carries some weight, but more so it makes sense based on performance uh, with what Antonio Pierce did in his interim role for them to uh, maintain him. The continuity that he's built there will be important. So I think Pierce gets hired in Vegas. Harbaugh goes to the Chargers. Uh, that feels like it just makes so much sense. He wants a, a high-profile job. He just won a national championship. How much more can he do at Michigan? Does Jim Harbaugh want to spend the rest of his career kissing the butt of high school kids, which is something you now have to do with all this NIL stuff? I mean, Nick Saban cited one of the reasons that he he stepped down to Alabama was that he didn't want to, he didn't want to recruit his own kids, which you now you have to do with the NIL and the transfer portal and all that. I feel like if Jim Harbaugh is going to make a move to the NFL, now's the time. And what a better place to go than, than out to LA where you get Justin Herbert as your quarterback. That just feels like a perfect fit for Harbaugh. And it seems silly for him to not take that job. Carolina is the trickiest of all these jobs because I think that they have the least attractive opening. They've got uh, a young quarterback there, obviously, in, in Bryce Young, but he struggled tremendously this past year. Did he struggle because of the player or because of the situation? That's hard to know. They obviously have traded away what wound up being the number one pick in the draft to the Chicago Bears, so they don't have that immediate infusion of talent that, that they need. Uh, but I, I think that they're, that they're going to, Fry Bobby Slowick away from the Houston Texans. I think that Carolina will try to make that job as attractive as possible. I think Bobby Slowick, if he wants a head coaching job, this might be the only real opportunity he's going to get, this or Washington. It will really depend on Washington's preference. But, uh, but, for, but I just feel as though he's going to wind up in Carolina because he'll recognize – that he needs to strike while the iron's hot. He's going to be one of the hot names. He and both Ben Johnson coming out of this uh, hiring cycle. And I just get a sense that Slawick is headed to Carolina. Up in Seattle, it feels like they're they're going with Dan Quinn. I don't know if that's a great idea. He's, he's sort of a Pete Carroll disciple. Pete Carroll's staying involved in the organization up there. They like defensive-minded coaches. Uh, Quinn's got head coaching experience. He didn't exactly light it on fire as the head coach in Atlanta, but I think that they, that they want a veteran coach. They've got an established culture there. And I think that, that the, his attachment to Carroll 
will make him very attractive, despite the fact that that Dallas defense looked woefully unprepared in their playoff loss against Green Bay. Who knows? Maybe Quinn's already got his got one foot out the door there. Maybe that had an effect on that. But Dan Quinn to Seattle seems to make sense. And that gets us to probably two of the more difficult ones to sort of pin down, Washington and Tennessee. Washington seems as though, for me, again, this is just a hunch. I feel like they're going to go with uh, an established, uh, or I'm sorry, with a, with an up-and-coming play caller to try to take over their, their young offense. It feels like they're leaning towards Ben Johnson, the OC in Detroit. Again, he's a, he's a good up and coming young name. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll go after Bobby Slowick. Maybe they'll go for a dark road. Maybe, maybe Belichick will be the guy there, but, but I don't know if they want a guy like Belichick, uh, you know, on the back end of his career. I don't think that they feel like they're close enough to winning it all that they would, that they would sort of take a shot on a guy like Belichick. So for me, it feels like you're bringing in a young offensive mind to work with Sam Howe, work with that young offense. And that, to me, seems like Ben Johnson. Now, I'll give you one more name. Maybe with their familiarity with the Baltimore Ravens, right, given the close proximity to which they play with Baltimore, maybe they like Todd Munkin. Maybe you know they, he has done a wonderful job with Lamar Jackson and that Baltimore offense. So maybe he'll be the name. Todd Munkin's a little bit older. I don't know. I just I just sense that Washington wants some young blood there. So I'll say that they're going to go after Ben Johnson, which brings us to Tennessee, uh, which is a team that that has a certain mentality. Right? They they want to be a a defensive minded, tough minded, physical football team. It seems like they parted ways with Mike Frable because of a disagreement on the direction of the team, which says to me they want a young coach who lacks head coaching experience because they don't want to give that coach too much control. The ownership group wants the control there, wants to steer the direction of the team. Vrabel was a little too strong-minded. So it feels like Tennessee might go with an unproven coordinator. For me, that means Mike McDonald from Baltimore, who, again, another Baltimore coordinator who's done a great job. Maybe maybe they'll offer it to Todd Munkin. I, I, you know, the, the Ravens have two coordinators who could both be in line for a job here. And so do they want to go with the defensive guy? Do they want to go with the offensive guy, maybe to work with Will Levis? It just feels like Tennessee's identity is rooted a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball. So my suspicion is Mike McDonald. So to recap, I have no idea how, how right I'll be on any of these, but here are my seven guesses, because obviously we're guessing uh, in this whole process. Belichick to Atlanta, Pierce getting the permanent job in Vegas, Harbaugh to the Chargers, Bobby Slowick to Carolina, Dan Quinn to Seattle. I'm going to say Ben Johnson to Washington and Mike McDonald to Tennessee, which leaves Mike Vrabel kind of out in the in the cold here. Mike Vrabel, who, who two years ago, 2021, was the AP Coach of the Year. He could be out in the cold in this hiring cycle unless Philadelphia moves on from Nick Sariani. I see Mike Vrabel as a great fit for the Eagles. And if Dallas moves on from Mike McCarthy, who knows, man, that that throws everything up in the air because that's probably the best job opportunity. Uh, as long as you're willing to go work for Jerry Jones, uh, that that would exist in the current hiring cycle. All right. I'm sure by the time we, have, we get to next week's call show, I'm sure we'll have some answers here. So it'd be very interesting to revisit this conversation then.
Uh, took a quick quick glance down there. I apologize for the pause. Took a quick glance down there. My phone's blowing up, and all my friends are texting me about how Nick Seriani is meeting today with Jeffrey Lurie. Today being Wednesday, so as you listen to this on Thursday, who knows, man? Maybe the Seriani thing's already happened, and it'll be Vrabel to Philly. That'll be really interesting to look at. All right, last segment, real quick. Let's do let's do one word. I'm going to give you one word that I think is a key for each of the of the divisional round playoff games this weekend. Four games on tap this weekend. Let's look at one word to focus on for each. And we'll start with Houston at Baltimore. We'll start with the two AFC games and begin with Houston at Baltimore. And the word is parallels. Let's see if there are any parallels to this game <clears throat> that, that are equate to past games. The parallel that the Ravens want to avoid is one between this year's team and the 2019 team. The 2019 team also earned the number one seed in the AFC, rested a bunch of players going into the final week of the season, got a bye week. By the time they took the field again for their divisional round game against Tennessee, many of those players had not suited up in over three weeks, and a rusty Baltimore team was upset by the Titans. And so it'll be really interesting to see if the Ravens can avoid a parallel with their 2019 team. On the flip side, can the Houston Texans create a parallel between them and the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals. There's a lot of similarities there. Young coaching staff, young quarterback, uh, young coordinators, a lot of a lot of energy around that team. Maybe maybe a team arriving a little bit ahead of schedule. That Bengals team went on a great playoff run, ended up winning the AFC Championship in Kansas City and nearly won the Super Bowl that year. Can Houston catch lightning in a bottle and become the 2021 Bengals. So let's look for the parallels, which parallel uh, plays out if, if either does in the Houston Baltimore game. All right, Kansas city, Buffalo, the word we're looking for there is legends. You got two legendary quarterbacks, obviously in Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Mahomes is destined for the hall of fame. Allen seems to be on his way there. Allen needs a signature win, though, man. Buffalo is yet to get over the hump and to the Super Bowl. Boy, it sure looked like they had Kansas City on the ropes a couple years ago. Couldn't get it done in Kansas City, but now the Bills get them at home. So can Josh Allen cement himself uh, as a legend in Buffalo by beating Patrick Mahomes and taking the Bills on one more step to the AFC Championship game and, and possibly to the Super Bowl? Can Patrick Mahomes, who's already a legend, we get that, but can he check a box that he hasn't yet checked in his playoff career by going on the road and winning? Mahomes has never had to play away from Arrowhead Stadium in the playoffs. This will be his first chance where he has to do so, and he goes to a pretty uncomfortable environment in Buffalo where the weather is supposed to be miserable once again. So legends, which legend will win out in that contest? All right, over to the NFC. Where when we when we get to the Green Bay San Francisco game, for me the word to focus on here is attrition. Can the Packers make this a game of attrition? Meaning, can they hang in? Can they hang in? They're going to get a haymaker of a bull from San Francisco right out of the gate. All right, Kyle Shanahan has had a couple of weeks to prepare for this game. The Niners are rested. The Niners are healthy. When they have been rested and healthy this year, they have been the best team in the NFL. 
They'll be hyped up in front of a great home crowd. And Green Bay coming off a big emotional win in Dallas. They're going to have to summon up that emotion again, now fly all the way out to the West Coast. Can they hang in early? If, if this game is 14-0 Niners, nine minutes into the game, it's going to be a blowout. But if Green Bay can hang around, take San Francisco's best punch, slowly gather the confidence that you often, often comes when a young team goes on the road and plays a powerhouse and hangs around. And, 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 and the longer they got to make San Francisco play, the better that's going to be for the Green Bay Packers. So can they turn this into a game of attrition? And finally, to the Tampa Bay-Detroit game, the key word there is consistency. Can the Detroit Lions be consistently good again? They had all that emotion invested in last week's big game with Stafford coming back to Detroit and the team not having won a playoff game in over 30 years. Can they summon another quality performance that they'll need to beat a hot Tampa Bay team? And for Tampa Bay, can Baker Mayfield be consistent? We've seen Baker Mayfield put up big games before. He was great on Monday night against Philadelphia. Can he do it again? Can he be consistently good again? We've also seen Baker Mayfield, after maybe a couple of good performances, throw in a clunker. Is this going to be the clunker for Baker Mayfield, or will he be able to play with the consistency he's shown in recent weeks? It'll be a fascinating divisional round of games. Can't wait. I'm here for all of it. I hope you guys are back with me next week when we hit up another episode of the call sheet and we head into championship weekend. All right. Stay warm out there, everybody. Have a great week. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.